my name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I have a physical disability. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Jonathan, today is our 31st episode, and do you know what that means? That means this is going to be your favorite episode. That means this will be one of my favorite episodes <laughs> because 31 is my favorite number. So today what I want to talk about is briefly tell everyone why 31 is my favorite number, which is really brief, don't worry. And secondly, I want to talk about 10 things I cannot do. Ooh, okay. You know? Okay. And because, you know, last night I was thinking, Jonathan and I always talk about all the things that we can do and all the things that people with, with physical or physical disabilities or other deficiencies, like the fact that Jonathan can't see, we're always talking about things that we can do. It's always rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. Yeah. But I thought it'd be really fun to just list 10 things I can't do. Oh, definitely. But trust me, people. If you're sitting there listening to this and you're saying, oh, God, a disabled guy telling us what he can't do, this is going to be depressing. I promise (laughs) you. I promise you. It won't be depressing, and I will have a point at the end of this whole thing as to why I'm even bringing any of of this stuff up. Awesome. Very cool. So any questions before we start? No, no. I'm excited. So let's start with why I love the number 31. First of all, I was born January 31st. So my birthday is the last day of the first month, right? There you go, yeah. So 131 is my birthday. 31 has always been my favorite number. When I was in seventh grade in on that basketball team, I, we talked about it in our very first episode, right? Yeah. When I was in, in seventh grade in the basketball team, I was number 31. Uh, at the time, Magic Johnson had just joined the Lakers. And he was number 32. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was number 33. So I always had these visions that Zadie's going to be, you know, on the Lakers with Kareem and Magic. Yeah, and your, right? and your Hall of Fame shirt would be up right up there, the rafters, and right next to there is 31, 32, 33. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting <laughs> on it, right? And, 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 and at the time, at the time, Kurt Rambis was number 31 on the Lakers. And Rambis won a lot of championships with the Lakers, with Kareem and, and Magic. But Rambis, compared to those two guys, was not very talented, right? Yeah, yeah. He was just a, a super hardworking guy that wasn't very talented, but played on probably the greatest, arguably one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA. Yeah. Right? The, 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 show, the Showtime Lakers. Yeah. And so it just got ingrained in me that, hey, if you're just – on a great team if you're just in the realm of being great you don't have to be number one although i've always wanted to be number one right yeah you, you just have to be in the conversation absolutely right? yeah definitely and and when i was growing up you know and i won't i won't say this teacher's name because you know i still <laughs> i still know that he's still living and he's still <laughs> noble park and i don't want to you know create anything but i had a teacher when i was in grade school that one day, you know, he would say, Zadie, you're always going to be last. And I'm like, <laughs> is, that, is, is that because my name is Zadie? And there's two other guys with Zs growing up. There was Mark Zell, whom I still know, who's a great, great guy. Hey, Mark. And Danny Zevitz, also who I still know, and who's also a great guy. Hey, Dan. And, you know, it was always 
Zadie Zelzevitz. Yeah. So when this t- when this teacher would say, uh, "Hey Zadie, you'll always be last," I I would always say, "Well, you know, is that because my name is Zadie and I'm with Zell and Zevitz?" And he'd just look at me and he'd be like, "No." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it was really weird because my family always taught me to just try your best and and try to be number one. Yeah. And this teacher was saying, you'll never even get close to number one. You should expect to be at the back of the bus for most of your life. (laughs) Right. So it was always like this dichotomy of like what my close friends and family were telling me versus what other people that I respected, like a teacher is telling me. Right, right. Right? So so I was always getting both sides of the coin, and I was always confused as to, like, what am I? Am I just going to be a dude that hangs around and does nothing in life? Or should I listen to my parents, my sisters, and my friends that tell me that I can turn myself into something? Right, right? yeah. So, and to wrap up why I love the number of 31... I only found out five or six years ago, and this is probably not something I should admit, but <laughs> I, only re- I only realized five or six years ago that California is the 31st state. Oh, I didn't you realize know? that. That's funny. Yeah, and, and somebody, somebody asked me five or six years ago, they go, hey, dude, are you obsessed by the number 31 because California is the 31st state and you've always wanted to live here? And I'm like, it is? It is? <laughs> Awesome! So, so it just makes sense. It just reminds me and instills in me that I am living in the state that I've always been meant to live in. Right? <laughs> That's funny. So, that is my history with the number thirty-one. Nice. Now, let's jump to ten things I cannot do. Mm. Hey, you ready? Oh yeah. So let's start with the fact that I can't swim. Right? Okay. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And and for those of you who have followed this podcast, one of our early episodes, it was either two or three. I believe it was uh, two. Chronic- what was it? I believe it was episode two. Episode two. Yeah. Right? Chronicles, the fact that I can't swim in my history with swimming. Now, I can float and I can dive into a pool and I won't drown because I've learned how to like angle myself to the, you know, to the wall before the pool's edge before I drown, right? <laughs> but I'll never dive into a body of water that I can't get out of. Yeah. Although that's not true. That's not true either because I've di- I've dove into oceans. <laughs> right. And I've been on party boats and I've jumped off and people are like, are you sure you're okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And right, and <laughs> my, my, my sister and I were on a party boat to where you took a huge rope and you roped, you swung into the ocean at midnight. It was awesome. Oh, man, that's cool. And yeah, and when I did it, all I was thinking is I, I got thrown in the water and I opened my eyes. They had spotlights on me, right? Yeah. I opened my eyes and I saw this enormous effing eel, right? Oh, big, no. Big eel. And it wasn't dangerous, but man, when you're underwater and you see this big eel and you're like, I can't swim and there's an eel in front of me, this might not have been a good idea, Hamad, <laughs> right? And. and and my only other time that I don't think we mentioned before, um, I think we, you and I talked about it, but I think it was edited out of the swimming episode, is when I was on my honeymoon with Shahina, with yeah. my wife, um, we did uh, uh, shark feeding. Yes. In, in, right? Yeah. In, um, God, where is it? In Tahiti. And 
I didn't want to disappoint my wife. I'd only been married like four days, right? Right. And she goes, I really want to do this. And, and all these couples, you hang on this rope in the middle of the ocean, like off of a boat. Yeah. And then the rope's just your safety. You only hang on to it if you need to. Okay. And then, and then all these sharks are feeding right by your feet. It's crazy. Obviously, they're not great white sharks, but they are, they are sharks, right? And all I remember is being down there and always having to hold on to the rope. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I can't swim. I'm on my honeymoon. The woman I want to spend the rest of my life with, her life with me may be four days. Right? <laughs> Till death do us part might come pretty quick. <laughs> Exactly. Till death might come like in 96 hours or less, right? But I remember all the other couples were getting really angry at me. They didn't yell, but they're all giving me these looks like, dude, what are you doing? Because every time you keep grabbing onto the safety rope, mm. it lowers everybody, right? Because everyone's hanging on to the same rope. Okay. Right? Okay. Anyway, so that's one thing I cannot do. I cannot swim, and I love the fact that my two daughters can Right. Absolutely. And so can we move to number two? Yeah, yeah. I know I'm going a little fast, Jonathan, but I've got ten to go. Yeah, I was gonna I say you got ten, up. so you need to kind of yeah keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Number two, I cannot ride a motorcycle. Now, for all you people out there that are laughing, of course a disabled guy can't ride a motorcycle. Well, there's a caveat there. I had a mini bike for three weeks growing up until my mom convinced my dad it was supremely dangerous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I was 14, I actually owned two mopeds. Nice. So I was a licensed moped driver. Yeah. Now, the reason I cannot ride a motorcycle is because the clutch and the, the leg shifter and the clutch are both on the left side of most motorcycles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I can't get out of first gear. Right, right. <laughs> Which is kind of like how my life is, right, Jonathan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, were you going to say something? I think I may have cut you off. Oh, no, I was just wondering, like, I mean, it, it, it's probably um, uh, splitting hair. So, I mean, you could probably, like, get something customized or whatever, but that's really going a too far probably what well, well you know you know the you know the problem is is most motorcycles they have hand brakes on on the handlebars on both sides yeah right yeah. and then a foot brake right but the the clutch is always on the left leg so the foot brake is always on the right leg well also and, also and, too i guess you'd probably have a hard time like when you come to a full stop if your one leg is shorter i mean you might have a hard time making sure that the bike doesn't even tip over well, not just that, but and I had no problem with like scooters and mopeds. Yeah, and I st- every chance I get now, I still hop on one, right? Yeah. But I mean, n- not on the street because I'm not licensed for it. But um, what was I going to tell you? Yeah, but w- to your point, if I'm at a stoplight on a big motorcycle, and for any reason it goes to the left side of my body, yeah. it's crashing on my body. Right, right, right. right. Which I- is. Which is why I cannot ride a motorcycle. You will not see Hamad Zaidi on a Harley. Although, <laughs> although I have dreams of being on a Harley and ripping across the California desert. So if anyone out there owns one that listens to this and wants to throw me on the back, I am game. There you go. Right? There you go. Uh, 
All right. Number three, I cannot climb a rope mm. right, in gym class. Mm. Right? And that's pretty self-explanatory because my – and so is number four. Let me throw that one in. Number four is I can't do monkey bars for the same reason right. I can't climb a rope. Yeah. Because my right side is really strong for my size, but my left side is like a feather, right? Right. So my so my left side cannot carry the weight of my body, right? Yeah. So in seventh grade when I would do gym class, whenever there's testing, I would just look at this rope looking up to the ceiling, and I'd look and I'd be like, let me try, let me try. And my teacher would just shake his head and he'd be like, I'm giving you enough for this part. There's no point to try. So I'd jump on and I couldn't go beyond the first step. Yeah. I can't propel, right? Yeah. And, and, and I must say, it always brings a tear to my eye in a really good way when I watch Lena and Zoe climb ropes. Like, you know, when I, when I go to their school to pick them up or drop them off, when we go to parks, there's all these contraptions to where you, you climb ropes. Right. And, and I'm like, man, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. <laughs> but I'm glad you can. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So number three is climbing ropes. Number four is monkey bars. And, you know, a quick story about four monkey bars. Mm. Uh, something I stressed about my whole life that turned into being no, no big deal at all mm. is somebody told me in like seventh grade when I couldn't do monkey bars or like, dude. How are you ever going to do Father's Day with your future kids? Right? Because there's always an obstacle course. You'll always, they'll always hate you because you'll always lose. Oh, man. And, and ever since like eighth, seventh or eighth grade when my friend, and I, he was just joking. Right? Right, right. And it stayed tattooed in my mind my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. Right? That, that when I have kids, if there's ever a Father's Day, how do I do the obstacle course? Right. Oh, man. Because what am I going to do? I can run and jump. Not very well, but I can. And but when it's when the when it's climbing that, you know, that wall, like in, in Option and Gentleman, that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where he, you know, that, what, I can't do that. I'd have to run around. And, um, you know, I can't do monkey bars. So this my whole life, I was just thinking, man, my kids are going to hate the fact that their dad can't compete in certain optical courses but you know they don't seem to care yeah (laughs) i don't think uh you know i don't think they care about that number five is one that that's obvious for the same reasons for three and four archery like bow and arrow stuff oh yeah right i used to have a toy one when we were young because i'm you know i'm aging myself but when i was young we would actually play cowboys and indians yeah right yeah (laughs) or more politically correctly, cowboys and Native Americans. Exactly. <laughs> when we played it, I could never play it very well. When I had a toy archery kit, you know, my left arm can only extend, it can't extend all the way. Mm. So I couldn't really shoot because, you know, every time my right arm pulls back the bow, the left arm goes with it. And my friends are like, you can always run away from him because he won't be able to get you. <laughs> You got horrible aim, right? <laughs> you can't do it. That's number five. Number six, boxing. Mm. And I, like every young American boy or most, I had boxing gloves as a kid. But come on, I can't really box because I can't protect one half of, of my body. Yeah. Which is the reason that I suck as a boxer and always have, always will, because I can't do it. 
right? Yeah. I just simply can't do it. Imagine me boxing, right? <laughs> you know, number seven we've talked about before. Video games. Oh, yeah. Video game. Yeah. Right? Which is ironic because I am a partner in a, an incredibly wonderful company called Industry Corporation that has made about 45 video games. <laughs> Man, and that's awesome. It, yeah, it's great. So I wrote or co-wrote seven of them and I exec produced a bunch of them, although I can't play most of them. Man. Right? Are, are, need, are they are they mostly like tablet games or you, like what are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah tablet games and, and mobile games. Okay. Right? Okay. And, but I could really only play two games growing up. Pac-Man. Yeah. Obviously. Yep. You only needed one to play Pac-Man. Yep. Right? And, and the other game I played growing up is Stampede, which was an Atari game. Oh, yeah. I remember that game. You remember Stampede? Yep. It's like your lassoing cow. Exactly. Yep. Right? Yep. And and now as I think about it, I'm thinking how ridiculous this story sounds because you've got two kids living in Kansas playing a video game where a cowboy is lassoing cow. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say I was gonna say I thought you would say another game you could play was Pong. That you could have played that game with one yeah, hand. I did play, you know what? I did play Pong when I was really young. Yeah, because I had an Atari twenty six hundred. Yeah. And Pong Pong came with it. Yeah. And then the Atari 5200 where the graphics were just amazing. Yeah. So that was uh, number seven, Seven, right? yep. Any questions so far as I'm ripping through? No, no. This is a very, very cool song. It's things I never thought about like you doing, so it's interesting. <laughs> and then the next one, I don't like mentioning, and but... In fact, I've only mentioned it to my wife, so now I'm going to mention it to thousands of people, including you, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't turn the pages of a children's book. Mm. Right? Yeah. And when I read books to my two girls, I always say, I'll read a book if you want me to, but Daddy would l- rather tell you a story. Let's make up a story. And it's not because I don't want to read to my girls. It's because it's hard for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, most people hold the book with one hand and flip the pages with the other. Right. Right? Now, if you can only use one hand, then you actually have to hold the book, read both pages, close the book, hold it with my disabled hand while my good hand turns the page. Right. The the process is probably longer than actually reading the page. Of course it is. Yeah. Right. You know, my wife is like, you should read to our girls more. And I'm like, yeah, but I like telling them stories. And I like saying, Lena, Zoe, let's make up a story. And we make up a story together only because I don't have to use my hand. Yeah, yeah. And that was number eight. eight. Yeah. Number nine is I can't tie tie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much impossible with one hand. It is. And, you know, I'm sure I could maybe learn it. But I use net right now. If you see me now, Johnson, I wear decent jeans, Nikes, and either a t-shirt or a, or a polo shirt. Yeah, that's my that's my attire. That's pretty much but, me too. <laughs> yeah, right, that's that's me. And but in the '90s, when I was really trying to impress people, I would wear suits almost every single day. Yeah, and I'd be really dressy, right? Yeah. But, but what I would do is I'd buy my suits from wherever I'd buy them, 
And then I'd buy a uh, a really nice tie that went along with the suit. Yeah. yeah. And when I'd go to check out, I'd say, okay, so check it out. I'm going to buy this really nice suit and these three ties from you. But I have trouble with one of my hands. Can you tie the tie for me? Nah, there you I go. Have, I have never had anyone say no. They're like, of course. Of course. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know who would say no. So I'm sure someone would be an idiot and say no. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then um, the other person who's tied a lot of my ties is my dad. There you right? go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just leave them tied if people are wondering. Once yeah, exactly. Tied, yeah, once it's tied, yeah, you just loosen it, take it off, and it's, you're, you're, yep. good, you're good to go. Good to go. Yeah. And when I go to the Cannes Film Festival, which I'm going to again next month, uh, I, I, I share our, a booth, a booth at the Cannes Film Festival with Philip Gorn, who owns Wonderfil, who's a great friend of mine. That's cool. And so when we do the red carpet, I'm like, Phil, you know what you got to do? He's like, yep, got to tie your tie. <laughs> so he, he does my bow tie. Nice. So number nine is tying a tie. Number 10 has haunted me my entire life. Are you ready for this? Mm. <laughs> I I can't undo a bra. Oh man! You know, <laughs> thankfully, you know, thank God that my wife really doesn't care, and she's like, "Not a big deal, sweetie. It's all good." But before I met my wife, I'd actually been with um, with women that have uh, like ex girlfriends that have said, "You know what?" It's not sexy that you can't come up to me and untie my, my bra. Yeah. Right? Undo my bra. Yeah. And, and a couple times I was on these wonderful, amazing dates with my girlfriend and we, we went to bed and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I try and it just loses the whole magic of the moment because I'm sitting there struggling with this damn thing for like three or four minutes and like, okay, come on. Like the moment's gone. Let me just, you know. I don't want to do this anymore. The moment's gone. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, come on. Come on, come on. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. They're like, no, moment's gone. Moment's gone. But it's funny to me that that's what haunts me. Like, I went through my entire life thinking, wow, will I ever meet a woman who won't care that I can't do that? Isn't that a stupid thing to think? <laughs> It's kind of—I don't know if I'd say stupid, but it's—it's it's just funny. Like some something like that is one of the things that, like you said, the word you use haunts haunts you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I learned how to see the way my mind works, Jonathan. Mm. I think, man, I learned how to drive a stick shift, and I've owned them before, right? Yeah. Why can't I learn how to undo a bra? And it's just—it's—it's it's weird to me. Right. Yeah. And then I then I see women do it one handed, and I'm like, How'd you do that? <laughs> hey, show me that again. <laughs> yeah, let, let me see that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's number ten. But there's two other honorable mentions. Okay. And these are also things that haunted me way more than the bra. One is I had a girlfriend who broke up with me, but, and she was at least being honest. So when she broke up, she, said, she goes, you know what? I just can't stomach the disability thing. Wow. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, that's fine, but you've been dating me 11 months. I mean, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you should have told me this, like, 
on day 11. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and one of the things she cited, is she goes, it didn't really bother me. She's saying this, not me. Yeah. She said, she said, it didn't really bother me until my dad said he will never be able to carry you across the threshold if you wind up marrying him. Wow. You know, the threshold yeah, into yeah. like the, the room that you're going to be at in, on your first night of your marriage. Yeah. Man, that ingrained so much fear in my mind. I'm like, how in the hell am I ever, ever going to carry my wife across the threshold? Yeah. How am I going to do this? And, dude, it haunted me, Jonathan, until my wedding night, right? Yeah. And <laughs> until I actually got married. And on my wedding day, as I'm saying my vows to my amazing wife, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm hours away from doing the threshold thing. How do I do this? Right? Yeah. And so we got to the moment where she goes, Hamad, you don't have to try this. And I'm like, nah, let me try it. And I tried it, and it didn't work, right? Yeah. It just didn't work. And I'm like, Shahina, I'm just going to try to pick you up. I'm just going to put my arms around you and pick you up, almost like a caveman would. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and to be honest, I never, like, I don't have that much strength in my left side. So, But I did pick her up off the ground. So she, she goes, sweetie, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So I put my arms around her, and I lifted her feet off the ground and walked her over the threshold. And I thought... Done. I did it. I did it. Right. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not the way that I saw it done on movies my entire life, where you like, like at the end of Officer, Officer and Gentleman, when you know the guy picks up Deborah Winger and carries her out yeah. of the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That that moment. Maybe it wasn't that beautiful. It was nowhere near that beautiful. But I did pick her up off the ground and walked her into the room that we were staying at on our wedding night. So I think that counts. Definitely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So that is one honorable mention. And the last honorable mention is the only thing that haunted me more than the threshold thing and the bra thing. Do you know mm. what that was? No. Take a wild guess. You've known me pretty well. Take a guess. What would be the one thing that just makes me stay up at night thinking, how am I ever going to accomplish this? Was this was the, uh, still like uh, like women related? Uh, no, no. Family related. Family, family related. related. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. You want me to tell you? Yeah. The same woman that, uh, dumped me because I couldn't carry her across the threshold. Yeah. Told me that the other reason that she could never be with me any longer than the 11 months is because... If it got more serious and if she were to ever marry me, she would not feel comfortable having me hold our children, our infants. Oh, man. She'd be like... She sounds, she like, sounds brutal. It's a good thing you, she, you got rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> Actually, I, I think the universe helped me get away from that woman. Yeah, seriously. But, you, you know, but um, yeah. In fact, I'm so glad I'm no longer dating. Obviously, I'm no longer dating her, but I'm so glad it ended... And I'm so glad that she ended it because I probably wouldn't have. I was totally yeah. in love. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very glad. But she also said you, you won't be able to hold our uh, our kids. And I don't feel comfortable you holding our kids. Man. So, so this haunted me more than anything else in my life, right? Yeah. And then 
after uh, after I was married to Shahina, and after we found out we were pregnant, I was talking to my younger sister Mona. Hey Mona, how are you? I know you don't <laughs> listen to this. But I know you don't listen to this. Your friends do. I know you don't. If you ever choose to, if you ever choose to, your your brother's saying hi. I love you. So. My sister Mona, when I called her and I said, hey, Shahina's pregnant, and everyone's like, oh, I'm so excited for you, blah, 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 blah. I go, Mona, what do I do about this holding kid thing? I mean, I have a head injury. My entire disability is because I rolled off of a bed, landed on my head, got a blood clot in my brain. It gave me my disability immediately. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you don't think I'm in total fear of, having, of dropping a child? And maybe giving them a head injury. Right, of course right. I was hear that, right? So I was really worried. You know what Mona told me? She, she, she looked at, well, actually, I can't remember if it was on the phone or in person. But I remember her saying, you're an idiot. You've never dropped my children. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. She goes, you've never dropped, you've never dropped Zach. You've never dropped Mia. So if you haven't dropped my kids, you're certainly not going to drop yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it just took so much pressure off me because I thought, how can I be a good father if I can't hold my kids? Yeah. And, and Jonathan, I got to tell you, man, the first time when, well, you know this, of course you know this, you have five kids. <laughs> the, 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 the first time they give you your child yeah, and you're holding your baby, you're like, oh my God. No Super Bowl, no amount of money, no trip, no story, nothing is as amazing as this moment. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? With our oldest son, when I when I held him, I I held him all through the night, and I literally just stayed up all night holding him. I didn't fall asleep. I was just like, this is this is awesome. Yeah, it is, and it never gets old. Yeah, it never gets old. But the reason I wanted to share the ten things I cannot do. Plus the two honorable mentions. Yeah. It's, it's for the following reason. Who cares, people? Who cares that you can't do things? I'm going to live my life not being able to swim. No big deal. Right. Not being able to ride a motorcycle. I missed that a bit, but who cares? Right, right. I, 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 can't, I can't climb a rope, but my kids can. I can't do monkey bars. So what? Archery, I don't think I'll ever be able to. I'll never be in a moment where I need to be in. An archery expert yeah, right. in my life. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, I can't box, but I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I can't. I can't play video games, but I make them and create them. So yeah, who cares? Yeah, I can't. I can't turn pages of children's books. But guess what? I'm writing one. I'm writing a children's book right now, and yeah. my kids are already reading their own books. Right. Exactly. I I I, I can't tie a tie, but I no longer wear ties. <laughs> I, I, I can't undo a bra, but my wife doesn't care. And and the other two things that I thought I couldn't do, I can. So the whole point of this is don't get hung up on the things that you can't do because mm. they're not that big of a deal. Mm. They're just not that big of a deal. Mm. I mean... You can't drive, but you own not one, but two Corvettes. Well, I, I, I did. Mean, I did. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that goes in the Jonathan, like, Hall of Fame for me. That, that, right? that, that, go, that goes under, that's why, you know, 18-year-olds shouldn't have uh, an, a, a certain amount of money and have no one to answer to. <laughs> 
you know what? It's like I'm going to buy two Corvettes just so my friends can drive me around. I wish I knew you back then, man. I, we, we would have some fun. We, we would definitely have some fun. Oh, yeah, there would have, but, been, there would have been definite shenanigans going on then. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jonathan, here's what I want all of our listeners to do. Take a blank piece of paper, fold it in two, right? Yeah. On one side, list five or ten things that you've never been able to do that you've been that you've been hung up on. Okay. Yeah. Just like I did today, just five or ten things that you wish you were better at that you just can't do. And then on the other side of the paper, I want you to write five or ten things that you've always wanted to do that you've been too afraid to try. Mm. Look at the list that you've never been good at and ask yourself, of those things, does any one of those things actually affect your life or your happiness? Because in my case, none of them do. Maybe the bra thing does a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Besides being unable to undo my wife's bra, all the other stuff, I really don't care. I just don't care. Yeah, right? one, one, one thing for me that uh, this I just it's kind of fresh in my mind because it happened the other day. I, one thing for me that I was always like, because I was extremely athletic when I, I could see I played baseball, basketball, football. I took karate. I mean, I did all, all kinds of things, you know, athletically. And, you know, once I lost my sight, I was like, man, I'm not going to, like, you know, really be able to play catch with my sons or whatever or – you know, practice playing baseball, I can't, like, pitch the ball to them and have them hit it because, you know, nine out of ten pitches are going to be, like, horrible and not hittable anyways. Or, you know, throwing the football back and forth. And, and I was that, that always bothered me because I wanted to be able to, you know, be active in that way. But the other day, uh, now that we, we moved back to the town that I grew up in, I, I know where everything is. And so we live really close to all these parks. And so... We've been kind of walking to a bunch of the parks. Like every day, we'd go to one of the parks one day, go to the other park another day. And so when I when I'm walking with all the kids, and they're all within walking distance, so when I when we're walking, I'm like, okay, you're gonna see this, and we're gonna need to turn here. And I'm like, you're gonna see this, and we need to turn here. And my oldest daughter told my wife the other day, she's like, you know what? It's so cool that we live here now because dad knows where everything is. Like he got us here. Awesome. He got That's us there. Awesome. She's like, it's amazing. Dad knows like where every little thing is. It's so cool. And I was like, you know what? That's 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 cooler than being able to, you know, play sports. You know? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, you know, I can play sports, but let me underline the fact that I'm not good at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I love doing it when I get a chance, but I'm not good. Right? Yeah. And I actually think you probably could pitch. Think about it. Your your listening skills and your memory are just so sharp. I think you could you could probably think about this. We could put you on a pitcher's mound, give you a target like a catcher in full gear, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I might even be your catcher. I might get some gear and do it. It'd be kind of fun. We'd, we'd have to film it. And the first 10 or 20 pitches, all you have to do is have the person you're throwing to tell you, all right, step to a little bit of right, to the little bit of, on your right on the mound. Yeah. Or you're your release is a little high. Yeah. Release it a little lower, right? Yeah. I think you could do it. Yeah. Well, the, my, uh, my my middle son, he's kind of been getting into basketball, so we bring his basketball to all the parks. And, like, I, I can still dribble, no problem. So I'm like, 
hey, you know, so I teach them how to dribble, and I like show them how I can dribble between my legs and behind my back. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> but you know, I tried taking a couple of shots. Like I'd have him stand like right underneath the the basket. I'm like. Stand here so that way I know at least that's where the the basket is, and then I would. I took a few shots. I hit the rim a few times, but I I, I didn't get any in. But you know, I try I try doing some stuff, but it's just not no, no, not you, to the way I'd want you, it to be. Yeah, you shouldn't stop yourself to do that at all because you know, I had a moment where a few weeks ago, I I spent about thirty minutes teaching before they got bored. Not me. I could do it all day long. Yeah, but. 30 minutes teaching Lena and Zoe how to throw a baseball. Yeah. And I'm like, pumpkins, it's not acceptable not to be able to throw a baseball. You need to, just for, even for gym class, you need to know these things. Yeah, yeah. And if you, if you can't throw a ball, you'll be made fun of. So I'm going to teach you. And the moment that they get it, you know? Yeah. Like keeping, well, you know this, you play baseball. Keeping yeah. your back leg, your, your strong leg back throwing all the force of your your body into your front leg and then releasing it right when it's even with your shoulder. Yeah. Right? Releasing your arm. Yeah. Right? The first 10 times or 20 times, we're like, Dad, we, we don't want to do this because they weren't getting it. Right. But once once they get it, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. And once you get it, you know it. Right? And it's just, it's just awesome being able to, you know... Do things that you don't think you can do, which is exactly why I wanted today's episode to be the exact opposite, to talk about things that I can't do. Yeah, yeah. Because we usually do the opposite. We usually talk about things that we can do, right? Yeah. So so anyway, that is today's episode. And as I'm looking at the clock, this might be one of the longer ones we've ever done. Possibly. You know? Yeah. It could be. But, but it's all good, people. I love doing this. Uh, and now more on... Creating situations for kids who can't do things. Um, Jonathan? Yeah. Toys Accessible? Yeah, check out toysaccessible.com. And there, there, again, there's toys there that are built uh, with the kids' disabilities in mind, you know? So there's toys for blind kids, deaf kids, kids with physical disabilities, kids with uh, learning disabilities, you know, autistic, all types of uh, disabilities. And, and all of these toys try to meet the needs of these various types of obstacles that these kids face. So... You know, that way, uh, you know, they can have fun, too. So if you have a loved one or you know someone that has a child with some type of disability, you definitely want to check out ToysAccessible.com. Absolutely. And also, if you want to reach Jonathan or I, please email info at LimpingUncloud9.com. As I'm saying that, I'm thinking maybe I should start actually checking the email box <laughs> more, more, more often than I do. But uh, for those of you who have contacted us, as you know, we always get back to you. Hope everyone's doing great. I love doing this. Nice. But people, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Jonathan and I love doing this. It's the best part of my week. Oh, yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazingly fun. And, uh, Jonathan, you want to wrap up? Yeah, so check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube. You can find us at Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, you know, thank you all for listening and downloading. Please share us on all the various social media uh, sites. And we thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya.